Welcome to episode 40 of the Rampant Mumblings, and in this Apple Predictions free-ish episode, I'll go through my weekend in tech, app news, listener feedback, and no doubt take the odd sidetrack of rambling in episode 40 of... who's been following me on the Twitter, you'll know that this weekend I was in Cardiff watching Wales versus Italy in Millennium Stadium. And I thought, right, this is as good a chance as anywhere to go and test Apple Pay in another city. And the good news is that if you go to Cardiff and go to the Millennium Stadium, you can use Apple Pay. Now, I've been thinking about this over the last few days, trying to make sure that I differentiate between contactless and Apple Pay. And the main difference that I can see between the two is that when you make a payment with Apple Pay, you get a nice little notification. And I believe it ties into some apps. Um, Santander have got an app called Spendalytics, which I'm not sure if it ties into Apple Pay or just to your bank account to show you where you've been and what you spent. And that's a really good feature to know exactly where you've been and how much you've been spending because we were at some points in the night a little bit worse for wear I'm going to be completely honest on that one and so it's good to have that backup to think hang on how did I spend so much money you sort of lose that memory vagueness of what can happen on a night out when you're a little bit too inebriated so Apple Pay is looking really good hopefully it'll be a little bit more widespread a little bit more promotion probably wouldn't go amiss but for the amount of places I'm seeing it being used now and actually advertising it it certainly has sped up and I think that's all in part to a bit of a push from Apple and companies actually waking up and realizing that you know we want to pay by card it's not that good for the smaller companies because if you're a small company if you take a debit card you have to pay a surcharge per transaction I think it's something like a maximum of 35p now here in the UK and if you use a credit card then you have to pay a 2.5% transaction fee I know some places have been really pushing to use contactless so I'm sort of wondering if there's like a levy or a discount going on to sort of promote Apple Pay or contactless payments but all good, and it was another raging success for Apple Pay in my book. In what can be considered recently breaking news and puts me almost bang up to date in the world of news for this podcast, anyway, Adblock Plus has been released for iOS. Now, the debate about blocking adverts is raging on but I this is one thing I was going to talk about was I don't understand how it's taken someone like Apple to say, right, we're going to have content blocking for all of a sudden all the media publishers and all the websites to be absolutely up in arms and say, this is going to ruin our lives, it's going to put people out of work, when ad blocking has been about for absolutely ages, well, at least on Chrome and Safari anyway. Windows, I know you can do it, but you have to go via a proxy, and I don't think Internet Explorer supports a rather excellent ad block. Adblock is basically an extension, you install it and then all of a sudden your website browsing experience becomes transformed. Now, as you probably know by now, with me keep banging on about it, there is a content blocker, which I don't know where Apple have called it a content blocker rather than an advert blocker for iOS called Crystal. Going one up from that, Adblock Plus is a web browser with ad blocking technology built in. Now it is built on the Safari Frame Kit, so you're not going to be is it Frame Kit or Web Kit? Anyway, it's based on the same rendering engine as 
Safari. So you're not going to get anything loading faster or increased processing time of JavaScript or anything like that. What you are going to get is a very, and I mean very simple browser. It defaults to DuckDuckGo as its search engine, has URL search suggestions, but importantly, it blocks adverts right within the browser. Now, it's great. Well, I'm not going to say it's great. It's okay, but it's very much like it's version one status. There's no swiping to go back Backwards and forwards through web pages. The, um, but the main thing that I found is that there's no share sheets. So if you use something like Zite or Flipboard, and there's an article, and you open up the article, and you're waiting for it to load because all the adverts are doing their stupid bloody thing, you can literally go down the bottom, click on the little share icon, and say send to Safari. Then, if you're like me and you've got Crystal installed, you'll find that the same page loads up in half the time it does in these other apps because it gets rid of all the ads and all that sort of gump. That's sadly missing from Adblock, but it is version 1, so we'll see how it goes. And it's available from the App Store, and I'll have a link for that in the show notes. Right there, let's go on to some more app news, which gives me a chance to play this <laughs> Almost impeccable timing as it's less than five days to go now till I start running the 12.1 miles for the Great North Run Marathon. And please stay tuned to the end of the show on how you can help me with that. Vima Running App was sent in for a view. Now this looks like one of the best running apps you've never heard of. Now, if you're in the world of fitness or even if you have a passing interest in anything like that, you'll know of Strava and Runkeeper as the two main contenders out there in the market. So Vima looks like to be a cross between the graphical niceness of Breeze, which was one of my favorite all time step counting apps, coupled with the features that you just need so you can monitor your progress and see how well you're doing. It's really, really simple. But it's not so simple in the fact that it's useless. So you can do things like your start, stop your runs. You can't create routes or anything like that. But what you can do is see just how far you've run, your average pace, your average time, the elevation. And so you get a nice sort of very beginner-friendly set of statistics to see just how well you're running and how well you're progressing. Now, that doesn't mean to say it's simple in the fact that it's not use, that it's um, too simple to be useless, but it does stop you getting bogged down from doing loads and loads of taps and presses to see all of your statistics, your effort, your heart rate, and all that sort of stuff that you get with RunKeeper and Strava. So it's very, very worth checking out. And the best thing about it is it's sort of... It's sort of stress-free, I would say, because with Strava, the one thing I don't like about that is the fact that it's um, you're in a continual competition with everyone. And whilst that's okay for some, sometimes you just want to go for a bit of a run and not have to worry about segments, pacing, timing, or have that thing where it says, oh, look at that, you've just run this segment and you're number 30 of today out of you know, 31. Not that that happened to me glad to say but you get what i mean so if you do want a nice simple running app that gives you the right amount of information to get you going then go and check out the vima run app v-i-m-a run app and again that link will be in the show notes as well in what can only be called one of the craziest things i've seen in the last few days do you like sprinting do you like tinder well you need sprinter which brings together tinder 
Yeah, it, it really is like how it sounds. So what this does, Sprinter is a free iOS app that enables you to match with new workout buddies through three simple steps. Sweat, swipe and socialize. Uh, marketing companies and their marketing speak makes me shudder. Anyway, what Sprinter is, it attempts to match you with people in a Tinder style fashion based on your fitness and the sort of exercises that you do. So, of course, you can swipe left to like or right to like or right to I've never used it so well I've never used Tinder I should say uh, let alone something like this but anyway you can swipe to the left and to right to like and unlike someone but unlike Tinder where you have to either wait like 11 or 12 hours to get enough points or get enough credits to be able to continue swiping with Sprinter you have to do some exercise so it's a really nice little way that if you do want to get in contact with people via that method you actually have to do some effort for it as well. The app connects to Facebook and Instagram, which makes it easy to share both pictures and workout videos on your profile. It will also find users' names, ages, and location to make it easy to socialize workouts and better reach results with the found workout buddy on the app. To inspire others, it will also be possible for, to invite friends and track their physical activity. For those that need some extra motivation, Sprinter will kickstart each goal by sending out motivational and engaging notifications. Oh, God, the marketing speak. Anyway, if you want to go and have a look at the full press release and a bit of a write-up that I've done on it, you can go over to essentialmark.co.uk. And guess what? As always, yes, it will be in the show notes. My final app for the day, I don't have much information about because the marketing company that sent me the app said, if you want to know any more details, please send us an email. So I did. Unfortunately, my email got bounced back because it appears that they've been blacklisted for sending out spam. So what I think they've done is they've loaded up their email client, copied loads and loads of people into a blind CC and then sent that email, which is most people will know in the tech world. That's not the best way to send out a bulk email letter. I've done it before in the past and I heartily, heartily, heartily recommend a service called MailChimp because they have ways of throttling the traffic so it doesn't look like you're spamming. They're from trusted servers and I have a distinct feeling that they do vet the stuff that they send out. So anyway, the next app I've got up is a new app that allows users to remix work by the godfather of pop art. This new app allows users to remix artwork by Sir Peter Plake. The let's try that again a new app that allows users to remix artwork by Sir Peter Blake the godfather of pop art best known for designing the 1967 Beatles Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album cover Dazzle it is commissioned by the 14 to 18 now the first world I'm reading this verbatim by the way now colon the first world war centenary art commissions and supported by Bloomberg Philanthropies. Dazzle, it is inspired by... Again, I am reading this out verbatim, by the way. Dazzle, it is inspired by 20th century artists who painted British vessels in dazzle camouflage to confuse enemy U-boats. Sir Peter recently dazzled a Mersey ferry snowdrop in the in a new commission by Liverpool Biennial. This is a nightmare to read. 1418 Now and Tate Liverpool in partnership with National Museums Liverpool and Mersey Travel. The Dazzle image remix can then be applied to a three-mix model 3D model, e.g. ships, a windsurfer, rubber duck, and viewed via the device's camera within an augmented reality scene. Dazzle's users can choose Tobias Reinberger's Dazzle ship 
London monochrome pattern, which features the HMS President 1918 vessel on the Thames. God, that was hard work. So this is what I actually got sent via an email. So I said, can you send me something back which is a little bit more concise and a bit less wordy and, uh, you know, maybe a video to show us how it's actually used? No, didn't hear a thing back. Because like I said, when I tried to email them, uh, it bounced back because their IP address has been listed for sending out spam. But if you do want to have a look at that review, again, you know where to find it. Head over to essentialmark.co.uk and hopefully you'll be able to make more sense of it than I can. So right then, let's crack on with some feedback. Ah, yeah, I can see what I forgot to do there. I forgot to fade out the clip, but never mind. We have feedback from Dougie652 from Canada on August 11th. And I do apologize if, you, uh, if you've been waiting to hear your feedback on the show. I've got no idea why it's taken so long for it to show. I'm using a service called My Podcast Review- Reviews. But anyway, Dougie652 goes on to say, been listening to the show since hearing about it on the Mac and Forth show. I like the format of the show and the presenter has a great easygoing style that makes listening a pleasure. Highly recommend the show for some easy listening of tech news and tech use in everyday, everyday life. Dougie652, thank you very much. That's exactly what I'm aiming for. And if you'd like to leave some feedback for the show, please do, because it is appreciated. Every bit of feedback will get its own little custom intro that I will find, rip and turn into a loop and hopefully fade in and out properly. So there's your incentive. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, and pretty much anywhere else where I can shill my podcast. So Dougie652 from Canada, thank you once again. Now, I did say early on in the podcast I wasn't going to do any predictions for the Apple event coming up today because I'm saving it all up. I've done my little piece over at mymac.com on Essential Mac. I did the predictions episode on the rather excellent Mac and Forth, pa- Mac and Forth podcast last week. But one thing's got me thinking, and there seems to be this almighty rush and this almighty need to say, oh, the Apple TV is going to have 4K support. And I'm thinking, why? Does it really make sense? And what leads me to think about that is because if you think about what's just happened recently in the world of TVs, it was a whole, well, you've probably forgotten. It was the whole 3D revolution. You know, it was all going to happen. It was all going to go 3D. And then it bombed spectacularly so i don't think we're in the right sort of mindset now as consumers who've just literally gone out and bought a 3d tv which is for all intents and purposes going to be um, maybe obsolete maybe not maybe when we get the next sort of bout of 3d technology in the next six seven years time which normally seems to happen i think buying a 4k tv is going to be a lot to swallow but then i went on to amazon and had a quick look and just having a quick scroll through and again Yes, it'll be in the show notes. You can get a 4K TV now from Panasonic, which is the TX-40CX400B 4K Ultra High DTV for £459. That's not bad for a 40-inch TV. You've got other models here as well. There's even a... Oh, God. Psyche? It's spelled S-E-I-K-I. 
and they're doing a 39-inch 39, 39 4K Ultra HD LED TV with Freeview. Now, this is all very well and good, but I mean, the, the one thing that's sort of making me stumble and think about, well, is this actually going to happen, is the fact that Sky in the UK haven't actually started doing any 4K broadcasts. Maybe they're still a bit invested on the, in the whole 3D thing. Maybe they're sort of waiting to see what happens first. But although you're going to get this, yeah, although the new iPhone the new iPad or whatever comes out later on today may have 4K recording, and I know Apple does like to look to the future. I just don't see it happening because I don't think there's enough people right now editing on a mainstream desktop level, i.e. if you get an iPhone, you're going to use something like iMovie. You're not going to jump into Final Cut straight away. I still believe that it's a little bit too far down the line, and I would say probably if they're going to go for it, go for it next year because what does 4k on a device actually add to a phone's experience or on the apple tv for that matter yeah it'll be great to have an apple tv that does 4k won't make a blinking bit of difference for let's say 95 percent of the population out there anyways my final thought on the apple tv is Apparently, there's going to be two price points, $169 and $199. And I'm trying to work out if it's like, let's just do a very, very bad and comparison analysis. Let's say it's $69 just for the sake of argument. What are they putting into that machine that warrants the extra $100? Now, of course, yes, you're going to have an A8 processor, but that's not going to be $100 worth of stuff. It's going to have more memory, that's a given. Maybe uh, a new remote. Uh, I've got thoughts on that as well, because if I could play Speedball 2 for iOS on my big TV without the latency that I get from AirPlay, that would be amazing. AirPlay was... It's great for watching stuff, but in, for interaction as in gaming, there's just too much lag on it, for, you know, in my view, anyway, and in the, in the things that I've been playing and testing with. So even if you take into account the processor and the extra memory, probably design, all right, yeah, tack on a little bit of R&D. I still think there's going to be more in the way of storage, because I don't see... Uh, adding 8 or 16 gig just seems to be, well... It's a little bit along the lines of what's the point, really, unless they stick with a streaming content system and maybe they will only partially download part of a program. So when you're watching it, then it will start streaming the back, the rest back in the background. Maybe that's their way of saying, right, we're not the best at doing network responses time, but what we can do is preload a little bit of the video for you and then you can watch the rest of it. So that's one take on it. I don't think it's going to be like a small built-in Apple Express type system where you would shove all your iTunes library basically onto this device and then that device is cloud connected. So you've got a hybrid of a server and the cloud server. I think that's just way too complicated and way, way too much not in the style of Apple. But who knows? And we'll all find out this evening at 6pm here in the UK or 10pm Eastern time, I think it is. And that reminds me, if you want to join in with the chat, the Mac and Forth show, I'm doing a recording tonight. It's going to be Carl Madden, myself, and I believe a couple of other people to be confirmed. And you'll be able to listen and chat live with us, I think. It's not been confirmed if we are going to go out live tonight, but head over to macandforth.com, have a look at the top and click on the chat room link. And if it's live, you'll be able to spawn up a little mixler session and listen to us give our reactionary reviews on the event as it happens tonight 
Right, and at that point now, I was going to call it a show, but then I remembered a couple of other things I wanted to go on. So we're going to be sailing right past the 10-minute marker. Well, we're already at 19 minutes now. Now, today I learned the following. Go into Safari on your device and make sure you've got the address bar up there. Press and hold on there and you'll see a little box that'll come up saying paste in search. I didn't know that and I thought I'd share that. So if you've got like a word, a phrase or something you've copied, you can literally go up to the address bar, tap and hold on the actual address and then it will come up, paste in search. That's really, really cool. And I've just noticed a new feature in LCAL. So I was just about to queue up some music for the next segment of the show. And if you search for some songs, it then it searches iTunes right from within Safari. So that's quite a new feature as well. I don't know if that's always been in LCAL, but it's something that I've only just noticed. Doesn't seem to work on all songs, as the, the, last, the last audio clip didn't. But um, yeah, looks like new features are going to be coming soon. Let's get physical. to be done i've been dying to play that clip for absolutely ages so as you know this sunday i'm going to be running the great north run and i'm just calling out to anybody out there who feels a need who feels like they might want to and you don't have to to kindly make a donation your donation will be going to support the diabetes trust and the tesco charities trust you can make this donation securely from the web and i want to point out that i don't get to see or touch this money at all it goes directly to the charity partners that we're supporting at this time i don't know if you or anybody out there has suffered or knows anybody that has suffered from diabetes but it is one of those things that's a bit of a hot topic at the moment and i thought well if i'm going all the way up there with my partner to go and run 12 and a half miles let's do a bit of a charity run for it like i say you don't have to but just think of it this way you can donate as little or as much as you want and i'm not going to play the sad advert like you get on daytime tv with starving children and all that because i don't believe in guilting people into it just think, if you were going to buy an app, you could put that 99p towards charity. Or if you're going to go and buy a pint this weekend, you could go out and have a pint. That's guilt-free, knowing you've done a bit of work for charity. The link is in the show notes. If you want to make a donation, that'd be great. But honestly, don't feel like you have to. But if you do, that'd be awesome. And of course, I will read out every donation or name at the end of next week's show. So there we are. That's all. That's everything for today, I think. Thank you once again for listening to what I think is going to be a rather odd sounding show. Audacity has been playing up something chronic. My editing skills aren't exactly all there. But we're going to keep persisting, we're going to keep trying, and it will be get better. So if this is the first time you're listening, thank you very much. And don't forget you can subscribe and leave a feedback via iTunes. And if you're a subscriber, thanks for subscribing. And so until next time, and don't forget you can catch me on the Mac and Forth show tonight, Wednesday the 9th of September at 6pm GMT, where, oh, sorry, after 6pm GMT, 6pm GMT is when the actual blinking show starts. We'll be on from about 8 o'clock onwards, unless it runs over giving all our thoughts, insights, and a purely reactionary piece on what's going to happen at today's Apple event. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time. Cheers.